you take your Bibles with me and turn to John chapter 16, verses 7 through 11. John chapter 16, verses 7 through 11. And also flip over to Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 29. This morning I want to talk to you about the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, but I tell you the truth, it's for your good that I go away. Because unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regards to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Now I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Holy Spirit is real and at work in the earth today because I have personally experienced the convicting power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm so thankful. You know, he speaks to me every day. He speaks to me multiple times, day in and day out. I'm so thankful for the work of the Spirit because it was the Spirit that drew me to the Father. It was the Holy Spirit that somehow awakened me to the utter horror of my sinfulness. A few moments before, I was good. I thought everything was fine. I was good a few moments before. But in a moment, God began to work upon my heart and He convinced me that I was lost. It was not the preacher It was not the sermon that convinced me. It was not necessarily a song, although God used them. It showed me that I was in desperate need of a Savior. It was the Spirit of God Almighty. I'm telling you today that the Holy Spirit is being loosed in this room right now to do His work of convicting you and convincing you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit works effortlessly in our lives, how he works simultaneously. Somehow, at the same time, I knew that I was guilty. I knew that judgment was on the way. I knew that I already stood condemned. It was only a matter of time until I would face the consequences of my sin. But in the midst of that, I was overwhelmed with a sense of hope, a sense that my life was not supposed to go that way. I sensed this pure love of Jesus that was calling me. It's funny. I knew that he was pure and holy, and I was not. And even though I started to resist his love, his love won out for me that day. And over the years, I've seen the Holy Spirit come upon people and awaken them to the horror of their condition. See, their life may not look bad at the moment, On the outside. But somehow when the Holy Spirit comes. He brings this awareness of our true state. A few moments before. People are fine with their sin. They're fine with their attitudes. They're fine with their pride. They're fine with whatever is going on in their life. A few moments before. People were not interested in the things of God. But when conviction comes. When the Holy Spirit's in a room. When the Holy Spirit starts working, you don't have to say anything. 
funny in counseling sessions, in times of preaching or talking with people, when the Holy Spirit's in the room, you honestly don't hardly have to say anything at all. The Spirit does the work. He brings conviction. He convinces people of their state. When conviction comes, the hardness of a person's heart begins to melt. And they are overwhelmed by the goodness of the Lord. The Bible tells us this. The Bible says that no man can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. So man doesn't come to God on his own. Well, I think it's uh, June 3rd. I think I'll come to Jesus on June 4th. No, no man can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws him. I declare to you today that the Holy Spirit is drawing people to Jesus even in this room right now. The Bible says that it's your kindness. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. As I said, I want to talk just for a second about that that simultaneous work of the Spirit. That here's some guy or here's some gal who comes in and they're sitting in church or they're in a place where the presence of the Lord is. And they think life is okay. Like they're going on and they don't have any interest in the things of God. But when the Holy Spirit comes and they're cool with what they're doing, what are you talking about? If you tried to convince them that there's any error or anything wrong, they'd be like, they'd argue with you. Their eyes are blind. There's times in the spirit when people, they literally can't see. They literally can't hear. They literally can't discern. And all of us were in that state at one time. Have you ever had something like maybe a math problem or the way something works and someone's trying to show you or one of those pictures that are made out of dots and they're like, well, it's the, uh, don't you see it? Landon said to me yesterday, we had worked outside and we sat on the porch in the evening and he's like, dad, you see that cloud there? It looks like a dog with its legs crossed. And I'm like, I don't see no dog with its legs crossed. Huh? Maybe you've seen those pictures before. And you look at these pictures and people say, yeah, it's a boat. You know, you're like, it's not no boat. There's no boat there. You're crazy. And then all of a sudden, when it comes on, you can't not see it. Do you know what I'm saying? Once you see it, you can't not see it. And that's what the Holy Spirit does is at times he awakens us. He opens our eyes. People who are blind, their eyes are opened by the Spirit and they begin to see the things of the Spirit. And that's what God is trying to do in our midst. The crazy thing is, is he does it all simultaneously. I share with you, it doesn't happen one thing, then the next, and the next. It happens simultaneously. Where for me, whenever I rededicated my life to the Lord, I remember this sense, this sense of being totally lost. That God, I am totally lost. I am utterly sinful. There is no hope for me. There's no hope for this awesome awareness of my sinfulness, of God's righteousness, that God was holy and he's just and he's pure and I'm not. And I can't get to him. He's far from me. My sin has separated me. I recognize that. Now, on the outside, people look at you, well, what were you doing? Were you this or that? No, when the Holy Spirit convicts us, he shows us the utter depravity of sin. Even the good church kid, even the good, the good person sitting in the pew, the good moral person. He shows them. He shows you your utter depravity and your utter lostness and your utter hopelessness. Okay? So he convicts us of sin and we're made aware of it. He convicts us of the righteousness of Christ. 
of what's right, that he is just and he's true. Can I say this to you as well? Conviction is not just for sin. He convicts us. He convinces us of truth. Okay? Whenever the Holy Spirit comes, he convicts us of truth. So whenever God has spoken a promise to you, when the Spirit convicts you, he convinces you. God said he was going to heal me. God said he's the answer. God said this is the way to go. God made a promise to me, and he's not a liar. God's going to keep his word. So conviction of the Spirit is not just that I've done something wrong. It's an assurance that Jesus is who he said, that he's righteous, that he's holy, and this is the way to go. And then he also convicts us of judgment. And it talks that the prince of this world already stands judged, condemned. Now, here's the reality. There is this awareness that Satan has already been defeated, that his doom is sealed. And then with that, because God is a just God, because he has already defeated Satan, because he is going to punish him, we also realize that if I continue on the way that I'm going, somebody needs to listen. If I keep going the way I'm going, I will not escape the judgment that comes. Now, a lot of people don't want to hear that. But if I keep going the way I'm going, I'm not going to escape the judgment. The crazy thing was, I knew, and throughout my life, there's been different times where I've had divine intervention by the Holy Spirit. And God's spoken to me and said, you need to stop right now. Am I talking to anybody? Don't go that way. Don't think that way. Don't act that way. No. Listen to me. You need to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit Because every day he's speaking to you. I'm talking to some people who the Holy Spirit, when you get up in the morning, sister, he's speaking to you. When you start to say something to your spouse, he's speaking to you. You hear something and you start to get an attitude. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you day in and day out. You know, a lot of times people think it's like once every 30 years that God speaks. I'm telling you, he's leading you and guiding you. Okay? He is speaking to you all throughout the day, hundreds of times. The Holy Spirit is directing your path. Now, what happens is when you don't listen, you have to swerve like this or to protect yourself or to to keep yourself from crashing. But whenever you listen to the Holy Spirit day by day, it's like driving a car. He's just going to guide you. He's going to lead you. It's amazing what happens when you pay attention. He leads you in the right way. He doesn't lead you into destruction. He leads you into favor. When we talked about, the Bible says that it's kindness that leads us to repentance. When we look at the book of Acts, that's how it's going to be here at Lighthouse. You watch. Today and in the weeks to come, you're going to see multitudes coming to Christ. And it will be the Spirit of God. It will be the Holy Spirit that draws them. And can I say to you, God's putting people in your path. He's putting people in your mind. He's bringing them to your attention. He's bringing them to your job because the Holy Spirit is drawing them and the Holy Spirit works through people, okay? So he wants to speak through you. We had a message in tongues of interpretation in the first service and that was the message that was said about how the Holy Spirit wants to speak through you and move through you. He wants you to be his hands and feet. And so that's the reality is that the Holy Spirit is going to work with you. Okay, he's going to work through you to touch this world. When the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood and preached. And we're not going to read the whole thing of his scripture, but I would like to share with you Acts 2.29. 
And this is partway through it. He says, brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried. And his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Can I tell you something? When the Holy Spirit speaks to you and he convicts you, he convinces you that the promises of God will be fulfilled. Now, there's some promises that God has spoken to you. You need to grab a hold of them. You need to be convinced. Allow the Spirit. He's trying to convince you that God made a promise to you, that God's going to use you, that God's going to work through you. You need to be convinced of that. Verse 31. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, And yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Now, remember last week what I shared with you about whenever Jesus, he made this promise to the disciples. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And those of you weren't here, I said, Jesus dropped the mic. And ascended. And Pastor Rodney was talking to me about that this morning. He said, I don't think he ascended real quick. Pastor Rodney said, I think it was a slow go. That they stood and they watched until he was hidden by the clouds. Okay? This would have been crazy to see this. That he literally ascends to the heaven. And so whenever Peter writes about this, whenever he says about this, this is in his mind Ten days earlier, he saw Jesus ascend to the heavens. It was not like Garth Brooks. I remember when Garth Brooks was on tour and they had him flying. I didn't go see him, but I saw it on TV. They had him playing his guitar and then they have him on these hidden gear and they fly him over the stadium as he's playing or the Super Bowl whenever they let him down in or lift him out. It wasn't like that. There were no ropes. There was no rockets. He ascended to heaven. And so as Peter writes about that, he mentions this and he says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the apostles heard this, listen to what it says. It says they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. When the people heard the preaching of the gospel, they were cut to the heart. Other version says they were pierced, pricked. They came under deep conviction. They were deeply troubled. And they asked the question, what shall we do? Friend, the conviction of the Spirit makes people uncomfortable temporarily. It's temporary. When the Holy Spirit is convicting you, He is going to make you feel uncomfortable temporarily. But it's for your good. It's so that you can be comfortable in the long haul. Okay? So that things can go well for you. 
the reason why it makes people feel uncomfortable is that because it makes them aware of the reality of their state. We don't always like to know the truth. We like to hear the truth when it's about somebody else. You know what I mean? Yes, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. But we don't always want to know the truth about ourselves. What's our real state? It's kind of like this whenever you say, well, you're looking pretty. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. And then we go and step on the scale. Ooh, ooh. It's like this. It's like whenever we talk about retirement and, you know, you get your retirement statement and you look in, and, you, you know, you hear people say, well, you know, you sit down with a financial planner or you just go on the Internet and, and come up with how much you'll need to live. And you say, huh, let's see, honey, I think we'll be able to live about three weeks. <laughs> right. Well, what people want to do is they don't want to look at the reality of if I keep doing what I'm doing and somewhere along the line. If you want things to change, you have to take an honest look and see what reality is, okay? Until you honestly look at things, denying it, turning your eyes away does not make things any better. But whenever you take a few moments and you look and then you can, you can respond. And so that's what conviction is like. It's, it's that feeling of, oh, I really don't want to see this, but I really need to see it, okay? And that's what the Spirit does. The question they ask is, what do I do? That's the question we need to ask when the Holy Spirit brings conviction in our lives. Friend, as a believer, the Holy Spirit brings things to you and I every day. As I said before, it's not just things we've done wrong. The question is, what will I do with what the Spirit is saying. I need you to hear me again. Maybe I haven't said it clearly enough. The Holy Spirit is speaking every day into the hearts, into the lives of a believer. There's times whenever you can, like you're a little kid, like putting your hands over your ears. You can act like you don't hear him, but I promise you, he is speaking to you every single day, again and again. He's revealing himself. What do I do when the Spirit brings conviction? Well, When I start to think or respond a certain way, the Spirit is there to reveal to me the truth. When we start to doubt, He is there to convince me of the truth. If God told you to do something, and in the midst of it, you start talking yourself out of it, the Spirit is there to reveal truth to you, to convince you of the truth. I can resist and reject His promptings, but friend, He's attempting to lead me into truth. He convinces me. If you allow him to, he'll convince you to trust in the Lord. He'll convince you to obey the Lord. He'll convince you that God is faithful. He'll convince you that God is a healer, that God keeps his word, that God provides. Now, what do I do when he convicts me of sin, righteousness, and judgment? Well, from the scripture, what we found is the disciples said, you need to repent. That means turning from whatever is sin and going the other direction. Repentance does not mean cutting back on your sin or making it manageable so that it no longer causes a major disruption. I want you to hear that again. Repentance is not cutting back on my sin or making it so it's not a major disruption. And unfortunately for a lot of people, they think that's cool. They think that's what God wants whenever he speaks to them. Okay, listen, just cut it back till you can manage it. They feel and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and they're like, well, my life is out of control. Things are blowing apart. 
so I better listen. But then whenever things get a little more manageable, they go back to their sin, okay? So when the Holy Spirit convinces you of sin, he wants total and complete obedience. It's not you can partially obey me and God's cool with that. And some people have seared their consciences to cause them to think, well, God's not saying much to me anymore about it. No, he spoke to you once. That should be enough. Right? I am so thankful I grew up in the home of John Ritchie because John Ritchie, he taught me this principle. What a wonderful guy. I wish he was here today with us. He taught me this principle. When I tell you something, I expect you to do it. Huh? Come on. Somebody's with me. I'm not going to tell you five or six times. I'm telling you once. And here was the cool thing. When I didn't listen, there would be a consequence that came from not listening. Unfortunately, we have parents. We have kids. Would you please, please, please? We tell them 37 times. And we keep the consequences away from them. We raise kids who don't listen to their parents. So how will they ever learn to listen to God? Huh? How do we ever learn? We grow accustomed to telling God, wait, he's the king of the universe, man. He's the sovereign God. We're saying, hold on. I'll get to it when I want to. No, you don't understand the lordship of Jesus Christ. Your mom and dad may accept that, but he doesn't accept that. And you'll find that life will go so much easier for you. When you obey him the first time, can I tell you the easiest time to obey the voice of God is the very first time he says it. Because there's an anointing that comes. There's power that comes. The first time he says it, it's not yours to take care of because he's bringing it to your attention. I appreciate you nodding your head. That's what we need to say when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Yes, Lord. And then we need to obey him. Okay? He's speaking to you. And what happens is we're able to go and grow in the Lord. We're able to accomplish things for him. We're not stressed. We're not anxious. It's not hanging over our head. It's glorious whenever we learn to listen quickly. So we find this. I need to turn from our sin. I need to call and believe upon the name of Jesus Christ. You and I need to realize that our only hope in this world, in this life, and in the life to come, your only hope is Jesus. And what I've been asking and praying and asking God, what I'm asking him at this moment, is that the eyes of everyone in this place would be opened to our total dependency and our desperate need of Jesus. Not just for salvation, but I need him every day. I need him every day. Every step I take, every move I make, every decision I make, every relationship I have, every choice I make needs to be guided and breathed upon by Jesus. You know, I've been saved for 35 years. And can I tell you, I need him more today. We need him more today than ever before. What is going to keep you and I from being shipwrecked? Because the enemy is out to get us, friend. We have a real adversary. And his job is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He would love to destroy your life. He would love to ruin your life. He would love to ruin your marriage. He would love to ruin your family. He would love to ruin your ministry. He would love to ruin your reputation. He would love to abort the good plans that God has for you. And if you take your eyes off of Jesus, my friend, if you don't rely upon him, you are in danger. One of the things I try to tell my son is you have what it takes. But I'm telling you, without Jesus, you don't have what it takes. Without him, you're not going to get through. 
So I hope in this room that God will open our eyes to our total dependency, our total need for Him. God, I need you every day. And I need you more now. I need you more now than ever before. I can't rest on what you've done in the past. He tells them that they needed to take a public stand for Christ. He said, repent, believe, and be baptized. That's what baptism is about. It's about identifying with Christ's death, His burial, and His resurrection in a public forum. Today in this room, some of you need to walk down an aisle to an altar in front of people. You need to get rid of things such as pride, and ego, and our reputation, and our status, and simply acknowledge before God, but also everybody else, I am dependent on you, Lord. I need you. He's spoken to me. You may say, Pastor, he's spoken to me. And I'm not going to tell you what to be convicted of. The Holy Spirit's in this room. And he's speaking to hearts. And he's speaking to lives. I don't have to tell you what it is. You know. Because you can hear his voice. And he's dealing with you about something. Sometimes it's the confidence that he's promised you something. And when you respond today, you're responding to, you told me you're going to do it in my life. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. You told me you're going to do it. And I'm responding I'm taking a stand. I'm letting everybody know. I'm hearing your voice today. And I'm going to do what you said. For others, there's other things that the Spirit is convicting you of. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we bless you. We bless you, Lord. I thank you for the Spirit of God that brings conviction, that convinces us of the truth. Lord, we bless you.